What's Happening in Montgomery County? This is Historian's Podcast, Extra Edition, number 14. I'm Bob Cudmore. Our guest is Montgomery County Executive Matt Ossenfort. Uh, Thanks for joining us, uh, Mr. County Executive. Good morning, Bob. Good to be here. I'm going to ask you about the uh, coronavirus and the uh, Montgomery County area, in particular Fonda, was was in the news. Can you explain what's been uh, going on at this uh, industrial plant in Fonda? Absolutely. Um, we have, uh, and, and, you know, it's to be expected, an occupational cluster is, I guess, the, the specific term for it. And, um, you know, it's a um, aluminum manufacturing plant in Fonda, um, and, uh, you know, everybody's familiar with it, long-time uh, Montgomery County business. And what we had is, uh, you know, some positive tests, which led to some contact tracing, which led to some more testing. Um, and at one point, some really aggressive tests. Uh, to identify, um, you know, any positive case so we can do that contact tracing so we can, you know, then isolate folks and box this virus in. So what has happened is we have 681 people that have worked at the plant. Not all of them mm-hmm. have worked there in the last month, but that's the total employee number. Uh, 573 of those people have been tested, and we have 77 total positives. Eight of those people, eight of that 77 of positives, uh, live in Montgomery County. And we have 108 employees remaining. Of those 108, we are going to test approximately 25, 30 of those that happened yesterday, and we're awaiting those tests. So we do expect that number potentially maybe to rise a little bit. Um, but over the last couple of weeks, you know, the work to identify, to trace, uh, and then to isolate uh, in an effort to box in the virus has happened. And uh, we've been on the, the ground level, you know, fighting this virus, uh, you know, and, and I'm really proud of the, the effort that's been done to uh, contain it and uh, m- prevent a tough situation from becoming worse. Mm-hmm. Now, this is called, this plant is called Keymark, isn't it? That is correct. And do they make windows? Do they make aluminum products? Or? Well, there's, it's, it's somewhat confusing, even for myself sometimes, but there's actually two businesses. One's a window manufacturer, and the other uh, is a, uh, works with aluminum, um, and this was the aluminum side of things. Ah. And also there was a link to this um, hotspot for the coronavirus, specifically to Oneida County, because some of the, a number of these the workers came from there. That is absolutely correct. So when you look at, okay, how did this happen? And now that we've done the work over the last couple of weeks, and my hat's off to all the public health nurses and, and, and everyone that's worked on this, um, you, you have a number of factors at play. The first is obviously you have a plant with a lot of people working inside in a, in a relatively small place. That's an, that's an issue. But also, like you described, um, uh, many of the employees there live in Utica, and uh, live together, uh, commute together, and have very close social and cultural networks. So, you know, that's where you saw the majority of the cases from the city of Utica. Um, and then you add in the fact that, you know, a couple of the folks have had some relationships with folks that work in healthcare. Um, you know, you see the pieces or the ingredients for an issue to happen. And, um, you know, those are the factors that led to it. And that's how you have the connection uh, to the city of Utica because, you know, a lot of these folks live together and work together and drive to Montgomery County for work together. So um, that's that's the linkage. To your knowledge, has anybody be- become sick, I mean, be- or become hospitalized? 
at this point, I do not. I am not aware of anyone that is in really, really serious condition. I know that's not necessarily a technical term, um, but um, right. I have not been made aware of any major issues in that regard, Bob. But that doesn't mean uh, it absolutely couldn't happen. But I just have not made made aware of that. Mm-hmm. Is the uh, plant still open? Do they they still work there? So at this point, um, the great majority of the plant is shut down, but we're at a point in my conversation with uh, management yesterday um, where, you know, they feel like they've done, um, you know, the work that they need to do, um, and there isn't anything left from the state perspective that they need to do, and they're ready to start back up. Um, But with that said, they obviously are going to have a a much smaller pool of employees that they can, um, you know, uh, bring back, and, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, we don't know when exactly that's going to happen, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't think it's, uh, you know, too, too far away. I think it's hopefully sooner than later so we can get people back to work. It sounds like the impact has not been that great in Montgomery County itself, or is that not so? Well, eight, eight cases for us is, you know, might not disconnect to Albany, uh, might not be sound like a big number, but for us, that's a big number. I mean, we still have just over 100 total cases uh, from uh, when our first positive happened about, you know, w- just over 100 days ago. So for us, you know, yeah, that's, a, that's certainly some added, uh, you know, work for the public health department and some additional concerns as to, you know, the tracing and, and making sure that's done properly. But, um, you know, it has an impact. But again, I am just so pleased and so proud of the work that's being done on the ground level um, to help contain this and box it in and prevent it from becoming a much, much bigger issue. We're talking with Matt Ossenfort, County Executive of Montgomery County. Has this uh, hot spot of the virus caused any changes in the reopening of um, Montgomery County? So is relative to our numbers uh, for the region, because let's um, remind ourselves that we will move forward or backwards as a Mohawk Valley region. Uh, and that includes Herkimer, o- uh, Oneida, um, Fulton, Schoharie, Otsego. Um, and the numbers, there has been a, a, a bump, and there's those seven metrics that will dictate whether we can move forward or not. Um, or we have to go backwards, I guess, at this point. Um, and we are still well below those thresholds, although as a region we are keeping a close eye on those uh, to you know, make sure you know, we're prepared for any issues that come. But right now we're still under the thresholds, and I don't see any major, major issues, but that's why this work is so important, because 77 can turn into 177 real quick. Hmm. What stage are, are you in, and, and what's open uh, in Montgomery County? So we're in we're in phase four. Uh, I will admit it's it's become wildly confusing for the general public and even the folks that are charged with enforcing this. Um, you know, there's various guidance depending on what you're doing, whether you're recreating, whether you're, uh, you know, going to school, whether you're uh, running a business, uh, you know, and things of that nature. Um, and we're doing our best to get that information out. It seems like, you know, every day there's something new and we're trying to, you know, keep people informed of that. And I imagine as we go, you'll see if things stay where they are. Um, you know, we were at uh, a mass gathering number of 10 and then 25 and now 50. Um, you know, you might see that number go up. You might see things like, you know, percentages of capacity potentially 
increased. And I think we'll see that incremental change over the coming months if things go well. Um, but I'll tell you right now, I'd be happy if we could just keep our numbers steady and, and, and do that incremental change because, you know, what you're seeing across the country is, uh, uh, you know, very concerning. And uh, we want to try to stay in a good place and, and not have that happen here. I would say in the Capital District and elsewhere, there's been concern that in, in the, I think it's stage four, which are already in, the state's not allowing uh, gyms or or, uh, or facilities like a YMCA to reopen yes. or shopping malls. You certainly have gyms in Montgomery County, uh, gyms in Montgomery County, but do you, do you actually have a shop? You have a lot of shopping, but not a shopping mall. That is correct. Yeah, that is correct. And um, there used to be, but that has been turned into an office facility. Um, so yeah, I haven't had a you know the the constituent anger from the malls on the front of the malls, um, the fitness centers for sure. You know, people are really eager to get back and and do that. Um, but you know, Bob, it's uh, you got to do the best you can, and 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 we're essentially you know enforcing and not do not have a whole lot of say in this decision making process. Process. We're waiting for new guidance to come out, but the, uh, the the fitness centers is a big issue, and I think it's also a mental health issue. I really do. Um, you know, people—it's uh, something people need. I understand there's a lot of concern about it, but um, you know, this is something that I think—I don't know if we can't go without the whole year. So when is it going to happen, and how is it going to happen? And as of now, I do not have any new information on that. Hmm. Well, let me move to a different topic, if you will, uh, although it's probably related. Can you explain the Buy It in Montgomery County campaign? Absolutely. So our uh, Montgomery County Business Development Center, um, you know, you would think off the top of your head, you know, that they do, they're trying to attract business to the area, work with our businesses. And that's what we traditionally do, go out and get grants and help them do things of that nature. Um, But this year's different. And you know, we wanted to take the resources we would normally do on some of those other things and focus it on trying to help our existing businesses. So we've done a few things. The first is, um, you know, we've supplied PPE to our businesses um, through some programs and spending some some IDA dollars. Uh, but also we've put forth a, a, this Biden Montgomery County campaign, which is meant to emphasize and and bring attention to our local businesses in Montgomery County that are hurting and, and try to do what we can to help them with some advertisement to help connect uh, customers to them. And, you know, sometimes you don't realize what's in your own backyard. And, you know, a campaign like this can, you know, only help. And uh, we're trying to show some love to the the businesses that are here. And a lot of times, you know, that effort is focused on recruiting new businesses and helping businesses grow and things of that nature. And right now we're focused on just trying to do our little part uh, to try to help businesses survive uh, as we go through this year. In general, businesses are open, right, in Montgomery County, or is that not yeah, so? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, um, you know, there's we're we're operating, uh, you know, fully, but just not at the capacities that we're used to, um, and 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 there's not a whole lot other than what, like you said, fitness centers and and some other, you know, very you know small. We're pretty much going, but it's just at a different capacity, and it's just different. Um, but you know, it's it's going to be very interesting to see the sales tax numbers, um, you know, as we get out of, um, 
you know, uh, you start to see June numbers and July numbers because, um, you know, it, we are kind of operating at full capacity in a different way. Um, and, and you want to see how those dollars are flowing throughout the local economy. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, right now we're still getting sales tax numbers from April um, and May. And, and it's just, uh, you know, it's hard to tell. But, um, you know, it's the, the, the local economy is moving. I think we kind of are, are well positioned to handle this relative to some other areas that are more dependent on tourism. Um, and, uh, you know, we're just trying to help where we can, Bob. But the sales tax revenue in April and the, the, the data you have showed a decline, did it not? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And we're, that's why we're, we're, the sales tax numbers we're getting, which there is a lag, um, you know, are showing us some of the hardest hit times, you know, that March-April time frame. Are you really expecting – you know, uh, those times to be really tough. And we were in, similar to some other counties down about 30%. Um, but it's going to be very interesting as we get through these summer months, you know, to see what it is because, you know, you see in some of these other areas, like just take Saratoga, for example. Can you imagine Saratoga County sales tax numbers without SPAC, uh, without, you know, the racetrack like it normally is, you know. So it's going to be interesting to see over the summer where those numbers shake out. Um, and how we are compared to some other counties, but anything at this point is just a guess. And one way that Montgomery County sales tax goes up, let's say, in the summer, is from the tax on gasoline. I mean, so there there are these throughway stops, yeah. Yeah, that's more of an impact than uh, people probably realize. And, you know, that price of gas, you know, the higher the gas price, the better it is for the county. And I know that's kind of counterintuitive, but, you know, that's part of what I think led to our big numbers was the tremendous dip in, in, in the price of gas, which is good for the consumer, good for businesses. But, you know, when you're putting your county budget together, it's it's tough. So now you're seeing it back above two bucks. Uh, you know, more in that two and a quarter range. And, um, you know, it, it, that that's more of a stable area for us uh, when we look at it, uh, because it has such a huge impact because of the throughway stops um, and all our distribution centers and things of that nature. We're right on the throughway, obviously. And, um, you know, so as that creeps back up, that gives me a little bit more calm as it relates to, you know, looking mm-hmm. at our sales tax numbers, uh, you know, moving forward. It's always been that weird balance of we'd like it to be steady, but not too high or too low. Well, let me give you a hypothetical situation. Let's say I lived in the town of Root, which is where my mother lived for the first couple of years of her life. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get a COVID-19 test. Where do I go? You call Montgomery County Public Health and uh, they would, um, you know, make the arrangements, do the, ask the questions that needed to be asked, and then we'd make, make the arrangements for a test at St. Mary's Hospital. Um, right now, we are working behind the scenes to try to uh, get an additional testing site, uh, potentially in the western part of the county. Uh, but that's, uh, you know, there's still some work to be done to do that. Uh, but right now, it's as simple as giving our public health department a call, and we'll take uh, the proper steps to make sure people get tested. And uh, since you brought up St. Mary's Hospital, uh, the man who's been the head of the hospital for many years is retiring, right, Vic Giulianelli? Yes, indeed. I think it's certainly a sad day. Um, uh, Vic has been, uh, you know, a pillar of this community and, um, you know, involved with him with the Rotary Show. I'm friends uh, 
who uh, played football with his son, uh, you know, knows, uh, have done rotary shows with his daughter, and he just everybody knows them, and he's been such a great leader in the community, and I doubt he's going away in any real way other than his retirement, but, um, you know, yeah, it's a big day, um, you know, certainly uh, a big change, and, you know, hopefully we can have uh, someone take over that could, you know, fill his shoes and be as passionate and caring as he has been. Um, you know, he's just, uh, he's been a great uh, model for not just the general public, but people like me on how to carry yourself and, you know, how to, how to do your job as, as a leader in this community. And, uh, you know, I cherish the time I spent with him and certainly wish him all the best, uh, you know, as he moves on to another phase in his life. Maybe he'll play more music with his uh, band or... Hey, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're talking with Matt Ossenfort, uh, Montgomery County Executive. The county legislature approved on a six to three vote a plan for the city of Amsterdam to pay back money that the city owes the county. How did this situation come about? And is this slow payment plan fair? Yeah, so that's uh, you're going to ask me to explain a very long issue in a very short period of time, and I'll do my best. Um, over the years, uh, there's been a lot of confusion in City Hall in Amsterdam related to taxes. Um, and uh, essentially what had happened is uh, the city of Amsterdam had collected $1.2 million in taxes over uh, an extended period of time, going back multiple administrations and, and also multiple controllers. And essentially that money was spent. Um, and it was not given to the county as it should have been. Um, and we were, have been working trying to get answers from the city as to what the exact amount owed was. Also, um, what is the amount that's uncollectible? So then we can write that off our books. We don't want you know, any serious amounts of uh, receivables on our books that we cannot collect. So uh, we've been trying to get answers to this. And um, ultimately, Marison Kwani uh, called me one day and said, Matt, um, this is what happened. Uh, these are the numbers. We need to get this squared away. Uh, and there was a few options at that point. Um, uh, you know, there was discussion of their debt financing. There was discussion of uh, everything from a 40-year repayment plan uh, with no interest to a 20-year plan with some interest to, uh, uh, you know, a 10-year plan. And, and the long and short of it is, after a thorough discussion uh, with the legislature uh, and a lot of very strong opinions, uh, the majority voted to uh, a, to enter into a 20 year uh, repayment plan at a 1% interest rate, uh, which will significantly help the city of Amsterdam get through its difficult times. Also, you know, the count, from the county's perspective, we get every penny we're owed, uh, plus some interest. So it was, wasn't something where everyone was happy, uh, but there was enough support to uh, have a majority vote and, uh, you know, get this issue taken care of once and for all. I know John Thayer commented that uh, he remembered dealing with this back on the Board of Supervisors and just wanted to, you know, get a re good, fair resolution to this and put it behind us. And so ultimately you saw it pass, uh, 20 years, 1%. Uh, I believe the county will get about... I think it's about $75,000 a year. Uh, we'll take that out of the sales tax that we collect and then give to the city and uh, to assure there's payment. And ultimately, I think it was a, certainly a big win for the city. Uh, and at the county level, we can get our money and uh, uh, also get a, a small level of interest to, to, to kind of you know, justify the agreement. And, uh, you know, we can move, put it behind us and focus on uh, the other challenges we have. So that's, that's the best I can explain that, Bob, okay. in a very short it's period on. of time. All right. And that meeting and other meetings of the county legislature and other county boards, are you meeting in person or still virtually? The last couple months have been virtual, um, and the state has extended those 
uh, you know, uh, requirements or ease the requirements to allow you to do that. Um, July will be the first meeting that we start to uh, have in person again. It'll actually be a hybrid. Um, you'll have in-person meeting of the electeds and, and relevant department heads and things like that, and the public will uh, likely be able to participate uh, via uh, the uh, the video and the uh, you know call-in type of stuff. So it looks like we're headed towards a hybrid. Also, with this, uh, as the coronavirus continues, one of the effects has been on elections, and it's become uh, controversial, maybe. Um, there's been a greater reliance on absentee ballots because people were given that option, and, and a lot of people didn't want to go to the polls. There was one uh, Montgomery County primary, wasn't there, for district attorney? Um, was, yes. Has that been settled, or is that still up in the air? What do you think of this absentee the use of absentee ballots is is this problematic or just or not? I think I think there's certainly risk, but I also think that um, ensuring people's ability to easily vote uh, and cast their ballot, um, whether you're in a pandemic or not, is a good thing. So I'm a I'm a supporter of early voting. I'm a supporter of absentee ba- ballots during a pandemic. Uh, I think that you have to focus on the risk and 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 look at it. For a county like Montgomery, 50,000 people, um, you know, manageable numbers. I'm not overly concerned. This is a community where everyone knows everyone. Um, and if there were any great, uh, you know, or large efforts at fraud, I think they'd be uncovered pretty quickly. Um, so I, it, it, I'm not overly concerned about it. But at the same time, I understand that something as as uh, sacred and, and significant as our elections needs to be monitored very closely. Uh, but I am all for ease of access for voting, which, you know, isn't limited to absentees, also early voting and things of that nature. Well, thank you very much, Matt Ossenfort, for joining us. Absolutely, Bob. Good to be with you. You've been listening to Historians Podcast Extra Edition number 14 with Montgomery County Executive Matt Ossenfort. I'm Bob Cudmore.